Good morning and welcome to Shouts of Grace. This morning we're going to be looking at Hebrews chapter 11, verses 28 through 29, and we're going to continue looking at the life of Moses now as Moses is leading the children of Israel out of the uh, out of Egypt, and well, they're actually going to be going into the wilderness there for a while, uh, but that that is where we are at in the narrative, and we're going to see that God, or excuse me, that faith accepts God's provision and plan, and that faith obeys in spite of circumstances. Faith obeys in spite of circumstances. But before we get into our text in Hebrews chapter 11, verses 28 through 29, I, I want to announce something really quick. And that is, I believe this series is going to be ending, uh, the Faith Effects series is going to be ending, I believe, on Sunday, May 7th, I believe is that date, looking at uh, if, I, if I have that right anyway. Uh, if not, look at a calendar, and you can probably get that figured out. I believe we're going to be ending this series on May 7th, and I'm going to take a week off. I'm going to try to get some, uh, maybe some lists of verses out and some scripture put out uh, for you to read in that time. But I'm going to be taking a week off of recording. Actually, I'm not going to be taking a week off of recording, but I'm going to be recording ahead of time, getting ahead uh, just in case, so this way if I were to... Uh, miss a time or something like that, uh, we would have some extra ones in the bank. And then also um, with that, um, hoping to be able to bring up some new and some exciting stuff to Shouts of Grace uh, coming up. And um, you'll be having to wait for some more announcements on that. But I will also announce what uh, what series we're going to be doing next here. We're going to be doing the 10 lessons uh, from 10 years of ministry. Uh, and I I wrote this and then actually I wrote a uh, Facebook post on this. So I'll, I'll t- find that Facebook post and turn it into a blog post. That'd be kind of a wise thing to do. Um, but I will I will find that and and put that out there. But then I also preached a sermon on it. Actually, it took me um, two weeks to preach the sermon through. But I'm going to be taking those 10 lessons that I learned uh, specifically in the first 10 years of ministry um, as I spent m- the entire decade that I had in my 20s in ministry there, vocational ministry. And we're going to be looking at that. And I think you're really going to enjoy some of those things. Um, But I won't give away any more of it because that's not why you're listening today. Today, we're listening uh, to get into faith effects, and we're seeing how faith affects how we accept God's provision and his plan. Um, And of course, we're going to be in Hebrews chapter 11, verses 28 and 29. But before we get into that, we're going to continue our scripture reading and read 2 Timothy chapter 4. And it says this, I charge you therefore before God and the Lord Jesus Christ, who will judge the living and the dead at his appearing and his kingdom. Preach the word, be ready in season and out of season. Convince, rebuke, exhort with all long suffering and teaching. For the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine, but according to their own desires, because they have itching ears, they will heap up for themselves teachers, and they will turn their ears away from the truth and be turned aside to fables. But you be watchful in all things, endure afflictions, do the work of an evangelist, fulfill your ministry, for I am already being poured out as a drink offering, and the time of my departure is at hand. I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. 
Finally, there is laid up for me a crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will give me on that day, and not to me only, but also to all who have loved his appearing. Be diligent to come to me quickly, for Demas has forsaken me, having loved this present world, and has departed for Thessalonica and for Galatia. Titus for Dalmatia, only Luke is with me. Get Mark and bring him with you, for he is useful to me for ministry. And Titus, I have sent to Ephesus, bring the cloak that I have left with Carpus and Troas, that when you come, and the books, especially the parchments. Alexander the coppersmith did me much harm. May the Lord repay him according to his works. You also must beware of him, for he is greatly resisted our words. At my first offense, no one stood with me, but all forsook me. May it not be charged against them. But the Lord stood with me and strengthened me so that the message might be preached fully through me and that the Gentiles might hear. Also, I was delivered out of the mouth of the lion, and the Lord will deliver me from every evil work and preserve me for his heavenly kingdom. To him be glory forever and ever. Amen. Greet Priscilla and Aquila in the household of Onesiphorus. Erastus uh, stayed in Corinth, but Trophimus, well, I'm glad my name's Sam, let me tell you that. Trophimus, I have left in Miletus sick, but you, but your utmost, excuse me, do your utmost to come before winter. Eubulus greets you as well as Pudens, Linus, Claudia, and all of the brethren. The Lord Jesus Christ be with your spirit. Grace be with you. Amen. All right, well, let's get into it here in Hebrews chapter 11, verses 28 and 29, and it says this, by faith, he, Moses, kept the Passover and sprinkled blood in the sprinkling of blood, lest he who destroyed the firstborn should touch them. By faith, they passed through the Red Sea as by dry land, whereas the Egyptians attempting to do so were drowned. The first thing I want us to see this morning is that faith accepts God's provision and plan. We see here, this was the institution of the Passover, and this was a very serious thing. I mean, God said he would kill the firstborn of Egypt in Exodus chapter 11, verse 5. And I mean, that is a pretty serious thing. I mean, this was the the, the pinnacle, the, the apex of all of these horrible plagues that, that came against Egypt, all because they refused to submit to God. They chose rather God's wrath than his blessing. And this was the last plague that God was sending Egypt, and it was designed to break the Egyptians. This was a serious matter and of grave consequence. But God made a provision for judgment, even for the Egyptians. In Exodus 12, 13, it says this, Now the blood shall be a sign for you on the houses where you are, and when I see the blood, I will pass over you, and the plague shall not be uh, on you to destroy you when I strike the land of Egypt. See, they had to put the blood on the doorposts, and then the judgment would pass over them. Now, of course, understand something here. There was that there was nothing special, so to say, about the blood uh, of these lambs that they were taking. Other than this, these lambs were pointing towards the Lamb of God, Jesus Christ. 
That's what they were doing. They were being a representative. They were being a foreshadow of what was to come, of who was to come. Jesus Christ, the sacrifice that we all need in our life. But understand something. Though we understand this looking backwards, think about this in the moment. This would have been a strange command, right? Get everybody together. Get everybody out of there. Come on, come on, come on, come on. Gather around, gather around. This is what you need to do. You need to paint your doorposts with the blood of a lamb. What? Why? Like, that's a lot of work and that's weird. Well, you need to do it because otherwise God is bringing a judgment and he's killing the firstborn. Now, granted, they had seen some incredible things that were going on through the plagues. But I mean, just stop and think about that for a moment. That's a bizarre command, especially if if you don't know. Like, I mean, Scripture hadn't been written. The, the, the only, I mean, there were a few other prophecies that they had, but the main prophecy that they had was that there would be someone who would come from the seed of woman who would come and crush the serpent's head back from the Garden of Eden. And then the next one would be that there would be somebody who would come from the line of Abraham who would bless all generations. I mean, they really hadn't seen yet the sacrificial lamb kind of a thing. I mean, maybe a little bit, but but not much. I mean, they didn't have scripture recording. They were living the scripture. I mean, that's an incredible thing. Now, the Passover, the Passover is is just incredible. In fact, we're, we're going to do a study sometime on on the Passover. I'll make sure to to put something out. In fact, I, actually, I think I have an article out on the Passover. I'll make sure to link it into this one, and I would encourage you to read it. We, we don't have time to really dive into that, but every aspect of the Passover is pointing to Jesus Christ, and then the New Testament tells us that Jesus Christ is our Passover, but I want you to understand here, faith accepts God's provision and his plan, even if it doesn't make sense to you, even if it sounds like a strange command, it is the accepting of that command that ends up accepting the provision that God has given you and the plan that God has for you. That's something that I think that we miss often. The commands of God, when we accept them, we're accepting his provisions and his plans for our life. When we reject the commands of God, we're saying, Lord, I'm not trusting in your provisions and I'm not believing in your plans. See, real faith, faith that looks at what God says as a title or a deed, and even though you might not have the end result in your grasp, you believe it that God will come through and you accept it and then you walk accordingly. You're not just a hearer of the word, you're a doer of the word then. When that happens in your life, when you do those things, you're accepting God's provision and his plan for your life because there's something I can guarantee you. I might not know what God's plan is for your life, but I do know God's plan for your life is within the bounds of his commands. He doesn't go and have a plan for your life that's outside of his commands. And that's important to understand that when we accept in faith his commands, what he's commanded for us to do, we're going to inherently be walking in the plans that he has for our life, which is the purpose of Shouts of Grace here, right? Remember, Zerubbabel, 
was promised. If you go clear back into Habakkuk and uh, Zechariah, and you go and you look at uh, Nehemiah and, and Ezra, Zerubbabel was was promised that if he would go and complete the work, that he would complete the work of building the temple, but he would need to do it through a shout of grace. And this is that God has something planned for your life. He has good works that you ought to walk in, that he wants you to walk in. But in order for you to complete it, you're going to need a shout of grace. And of course, grace is always accessed through faith. And that's why it's so important that we're looking at faith. The second thing that I want us to see here this morning is that faith obeys in spite of circumstances. Now, it said this, by faith, in verse 29, by faith they passed through the Red Sea as by dry land, whereas the Egyptians, attempting to do so, were drowned. See, faith obeys in spite of circumstances. Israel passed through the Red Sea. What were the circumstances? Well, the circumstances were that the Egyptian army were pursuing them, The circumstances were that Israel felt trapped and they started to complain. We could see that in Exodus chapter 14, verses 10 and 11. But Moses then, his response was, was trying to renew their faith. This is an interesting narrative because in verse 13, he says this, and Moses said to the people, do not be afraid, stand still and see the salvation of the Lord, which he will accomplish for you today. For the Egyptians whom you see today, you shall... Uh, see again no more forever. Now understand this here. You got this army that's chasing you. They're mad because you know they just have lost everything. And then in front of you is the Red Sea and you're stuck. You can't go anywhere. You think, oh man, we're trapped. We don't have any weapons. What are we going to do? Well, Moses had faith. But then Moses starts praying. And this is an interesting thing here because faith obeys in spite of circumstances. And Uh, Moses starts praying to God, and then God responds in this way. In Exodus 14, 15, And the Lord said to Moses, Why do you cry to me? Tell the children of Israel to go forward. Now, I want you to catch something here, because that's a small verse. Sometimes we miss it. God is telling him, stop praying and get moving. You see, the reality of it is, is that there are times when it is wrong to pray. Now, you should pray without ceasing, but there are times when it is wrong to pray, and that's when you're not putting real action to your prayer. Sometimes God says, I've already given you the answer. You need to go forward, which means you need to have faith. You need to activate that faith and actually go forward. You see, faith obeys in spite of any circumstance, even if there's a Red Sea before you and an Egyptian army that's chasing you, faith obeys and goes forward. Sometimes we like to go into put spiritual acts like prayer in place of obedience. Sometimes instead of obeying, we like to act like we're doing something spiritual instead to try to justify our disobedience, but really we're sitting idly by when we're supposed to be moving forward. Remember, real faith may wait patiently, but it never sits idle. The Faith is always moving forward and going forward for God. And what happened for Israel for Moses, well, God divided the Red Sea with a strong east wind. And if you can imagine a wall of water on each side there, it would have been quite eerie for the 
uh, Israelites to go and to pass through and, and, and probably just an incredible sight. Who knows? Maybe you could see fish that were just, you know, swimming right by you as you're walking by on dry land and, and the Egyptians can't get to you. What an incredible thing. And God does that for us in our life when we activate our faith and we go forward in faith and, and we really trust and believe him. He often completely changes the circumstances that everybody goes and says, look, that will, will never work. And he does something incredible. See, the children of Israel, they obeyed in going forward through the Red Sea. Now, obedience, it may not be easy, but it is simple. They just had to go forward. They just had to go forward. It might not have been easy, but it was simple. And obedience must be by faith, believing that God is going to do what he says he's going to do. And sometimes there is difficulty in obeying. It's not always easy, but it is simple and you need to simply obey and simply trust God or simply have faith. So the question is, is what difficult circumstances do you have around you? At times, Life can be extremely, extremely difficult, but are you going to go through that difficult circumstance moving forward in faith, or are you going to try to sit idly by, maybe even trying to, you know, do some religious thing when you're supposed to be moving forward in obedience, or are you going to believe God at his word and move forward? You see, real faith has real evidences. And that means it obeys even when the going gets tough. So today, the question is, in the midst of your circumstances, will you activate your faith and will you obey? Well, thank you for listening today. And remember Joshua 1, 8 and 9 as we depart. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate in it day and night that you may observe to do according to all that is written in it, for then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have good success. Have I not commanded you, be strong and of good courage. Do not be afraid, nor be dismayed, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. And while we trust in Jesus, sometimes he leaves us waiting for his hand to move. Oh, but even in darkness, Hold to the promise, there's nothing we can't overcome. So that war you've been fighting will end in God's timing. Sing like the battle's been won. Then you feel it, the song that is rising, then you can't help but let it out. If you're trusting in faith, even now. already begun know that God's up to something